a good friend of mine, but she also is um, a fabulous speaker that we've had multiple times on a variety of topics because she's gifted in that way. Um, and we can pretty much ask her to speak and she will put together a talk that is both entertaining and uplifting and encouraging. Um, our speaker this morning is Kim Schwartz. And she is actually somebody who I met within the first month of moving to Cape five and a half years ago. And I got to know her before I really got to know almost anybody else in this room. And she has just always been somebody who is typically cheerful and greets you with a smile. And um, she also, that very first year, uh, gave me a gift for Christmas, which I wasn't expecting, which was a demonstration of hospitality, which she is gifted in. And so when we were thinking of who to have speak on hospitality, I thought of her because um, whether it's her southern charm or just because it's part of how she's wired, she has a way of making people feel welcome and, um, and encouraged, and that's what hospitality is really all about, right, ladies? It's a hospital for your heart, not about your house. So without further ado, Kim Schwartz. I'm going to try to live up to that introduction. Seriously, you're usually sitting over on this side. <laughs> you know, when you speak, you kind of look around the room and you notice that there are folks that look at you when you're talking and they go like this. <laughs> Heather has done that for me for years, and I appreciate it so much. I am just thrilled to death to be here. I'm originally from Arkansas. For those of you who have never heard me speak before, this is the way I speak. I can't do anything about it. If you're a speech therapist, I'm sorry. It's going to drive you crazy all day. I'm so delighted to be here that you would even have an ear to want to hear anything I have to say is amazing to me. So it is a compliment, and I appreciate it so much. We're going to talk about hospitality, but very specifically about hospitality as it comes through Scripture. I unapologetically always start by saying, I use Scripture. I use it because I believe it. I use it because it feeds me, and I use it because I know I can trust it. Hospitality is very important in Scripture. It's mentioned many, many times, but specifically it's mentioned as it is related to strangers. So are you here today because you knew everybody in the room before you arrived, before you started MOPS? Did everybody know everybody? No, no, you were strangers, weren't you? And MOPS extended the hospitality to you to participate and to create relationship together of people who had something in common. I have been praying for you collectively since invited to uh, speak. I don't know all of you. In fact, this room is full of new faces to me. I've been here for a while, and I see a lot of people I don't know, and I think that is awesome. Uh, a lot of people with hospitality gifts inviting others to come, and isn't that a great thing? November and December probably offer the greatest opportunity to extend hospitality to others just because of the holiday, right? We're already decorated. Might as well come over. <laughs> if you're not, don't let that be an inhibitor to inviting someone. If... Um, uh, th the thing I, I want to mention about hospitality and scripture, uh, let me put my glasses on so I can see what I want to say. Uh, hospitality is mentioned many times. We are friends of Jesus, but we are, were at once strangers. But now we know him personally. 
So hospitality is all about relationship, right? It's not about getting it all together. It's about being all together and personally in Christ. It's a habit of what we do. Romans 12 speaks, uh, Paul saying, look, I've heard about what you're doing. I've heard about how you invite others. I've heard about how you extend the invitation for the traveling preachers to stay with you, and you feed them. And you may not have expected it, but they showed up and you responded. Now, I'm taking a little liberty there with that, but you get the idea. It's something that people recognize in us as we extend it to others. If you think you have to wait till you get it all together, you'll never do it, by the way. And I'll tell you a story about that in a minute. Third John says, hey, you're keeping these travelers. The word is spread. I'm proud of you. Keep going. Uh, Philemon suggests, he says, I'm so grateful and I'm encouraged. He's not even there. He's not even taking part in it, right? He's going to send a letter and say, I know you do this. This is your character. I want you to do it again for my friend who's coming back to you that you're kind of mad at right now. But... You know, please, please extend that same hospitality. Um, it's important, I think, and this is my opinion, it's not written in Scripture, let me give you that, that God uses hospitality a lot because it is an accurate picture of his feeling and action toward us. Who is more hospitable toward us and we, by the way, were sinners and strangers before we knew him. And he says to us, I want you. I want you to come to me. It's an invitation. And you do that through my son. Not only do I want you to come to me through my son, I want you to sit at my banquet table one day. And not only do I want you to sit at my banquet table one day, I want you to stay with me forever. I'm making a special place for you. I'm putting your picture up on the wall. It's your room. It's your house. It's your place. It's my kingdom, and this is it. It's forever. Now, listen, I do a lot of hospitality, and I do it on different levels. I do formal entertaining. I do drop-bys. I mean, all that. I'm happy with it. But I never ask them to stay forever. There's always an end to it somewhere. But God, in his graciousness, he gives it to us now. He gives us the hope of it for tomorrow, and he gives it to us forever. What could be better than that, right? Matthew 10, 40s tells us a little bit about how important hospitality is. He says that, and this is kind of like that, I mean, I think that, that scripture is, it blows my mind, really, because it just always comes around and goes around. You know, it all connects. Doesn't make sense to me today, but tomorrow I go, ah, I love it. He says, look, when you go out and preach and teach, and someone over here accepts you, they're hospitable to you, not only is there blessing in what you're doing, there's going to be another flow of blessing coming back out of it. It's a whole complete circle that we do when we treat each other with the kind of love of Christ that he expects us to do. He puts a high price on it, that and kindness and gentleness and goodness towards strangers. Strangers is key, and this is definitely a part of who we are. Someone new came to church a few years ago, and it was Easter time, and they had no family in the area. And, you know, I still cook like my mom did. I cook as if my grandparents are coming and my Aunt Becky and my Aunt Claudine and their kids, and they're all coming because we live in the same zip code, and we're all going to eat together every meal. And so Easter, you know, I just had our family and a couple of neighbors, and I said to this family, a family of four, y'all come. 
I'm going to cook the same amount anyway. If you come, I'm making this. If you don't come, I'm still making this. And that's what we did. We just invited them to come because they had no one else. Another time, the same family, we decided after church one day that we were going to go over to Giant City. If y'all haven't been, go because it's really good food, my kind of food, fried chicken. And uh, we said, we're going over with the family. If you'd like to join us, come. We're going to take a hike after we get finished, which is really what you need to do after you've had fried chicken. And they did. So hospitality really doesn't have to be about it being in your home, though that would be great. It can also just be about inviting people to do what you're doing, okay? So it takes the pressure off a little bit to see that there are a lot of forms of hospitality. The bottom line of these invitations is relationship. We were created to be relational people, personal, authentic. If you wait until you have it all together, you will never do a thing. At least I wouldn't because I'm a hot mess most of the time. I really am. I never have it all together. There's a difference, by the way, in hospitality and entertaining. And what Scripture calls us to do is hospitality. It's not entertaining. It can, it can look like the same sometime, except the motive is a little bit different. Entertaining says, I want to impress you with my stuff, with my ability, with the time I'm taking for you. Hospitality says, I care about you, and I want to get to know you, and I just want to wrap my arms around you in, in a way that isn't literally physical. I just, I just want to shower some goodness onto you. That's my gift. And so there is a difference. It, hospitality says, you know what, I don't have furniture in that room, but we'll just sit in the floor, okay? I mean, you don't have to have it all Ethan allen up and all that jazz. It's just not important. The decorating may never be finished. Come anyway. Hey, I'm ordering out. Come on over. Share it with me. That's hospitality. It's, it whispers what's mine is yours. You're important to me. You know, I am um, the pineapple. Oh, let me get to this. The pineapple is the international symbol for hospitality. And people in the South love pineapples like they love grow grain hair bows. Okay, I mean, it's just part of what, who we are. So I have a few pineapples up here. And this is a door prize for Danny Brown. She's not here today. Well, let me find somebody else then. Is that the way it goes? Gonna, you don't show, you don't go. Okay. How about. <laughs> Jennifer Westendorf? Is she here today? Okay, y'all need to call your friends and tell them to come. Let's see, Megan Woolworth. All right. <laughs> It was a sign that said, you're welcome in my home. A lot of times, uh, particularly in the South, maybe in the North, I don't know. I've like rarely been to the North. I think they talk funny. But um, it would be the centerpiece for your table. And it could also then be taken away and used for dessert. Later on, people started etching it. You know people from the South, they love to put thread to something, right? Make the monogram on, get that. So they would monogram or um, uh, embroidery or cross-stitch pineapples on everything, napkins, tablecloths, they'd have it etched in the uh, door facings and that sort of thing. We're supposed to etch a pineapple too. We're supposed to be hospitable as well. Um, 
I've shared with some of my students, the younger kids, about etiquette and trying to teach them how to make introductions and how to meet people. And listen, if your kids don't do it, and we've had this conversation, don't feel bad. I have two grandkids here in town. Henry has the most lovely, particularly for a boy, manners. Layla could care less. She is not going to give you the time of day yet, but she's only five, so I'm holding out hope for her. Henry's been good since about three. But the idea of shaking a hand from medieval times when it started, they open their hand, and that it is to say, I have no weapon here. There's no dagger, no spear, no sword. I'm offering you safety. I accept you. And that is the sign of the pineapple as well as that handshake. Um, sometimes people will say, I love you, but they don't have time. I forgive you, but. I would invite you, but. There's no but here in hospitality. We just do it, don't we? We just, we just open our door to people because we love them. Sometimes people don't understand that, and they think that there's something expected in return in hospitality. There never is. That we're going to talk about et- the etiquette side of it in a minute. So open your hands to serve others and show them kindness. I have a, a stemmed, pedestaled truffle bowl, a glass bowl, and around the outside edge it says, um, the verse is engraved about entertaining, well, when you are showing hospitality, you may be entertaining angels. It kind of sounds like a test, doesn't it? Like, I'm going to send an angel to your door. We're going to see how you do with him, kind of. I want to do well. I want Christ to say to me when I see him face to face, well done, good and faithful servant. I sent someone to you, and you took them in. You met a new person you invited them to coffee. You showed that they matter, and that's the most important thing. That truffle bowl, I'll always have it. It was given to me by a friend who's now departed, Barb Crane, and she said to me, I saw this. I can't even remember the name of the site. It's a Christian, like, mail-order catalog kind of thing. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? You you know, okay. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about either. Uh, So (laughs) she said, I saw this, and I thought of you. How special. I mean, not the bowl, the fact that she thought of me. How sweet is that? I mean, I will never forget it. It almost makes me cry. Well, listen, I can tear up too, by the way, at the drop of the hat. And may do it before we leave. So what I want to do, I didn't do a handout. I usually do, but I didn't do a handout. But if you want to write anything down on the back of something, I'm going to call this bold print, okay? These are the things that you could remember. First of all, when we open our homes in hospitality, we want to do it with glad and and cheerful spirits, not begrudgingly, not because we had to. You know, when we do things that we are called to do, when we respond to the Holy Spirit to do a thing, I mean, don't you know it? Don't you know you cross somebody's path? And here's an example. The other day, the doorbell rang. I wasn't expecting anybody. I looked awful, and I went to the door. It was just the mailman, and he was dropping a box off. And and I really just wanted to slam the door in his face because I, I looked horrible. My family from Arkansas used to say, you look like death eating a cracker. Now, I don't even know what that means, but we used to say it. So I look like death eating a cracker. And so I opened the door and I said, hey, how are you doing? 
I mean, usually, you know, he's like, drop the box off and run at every door because he's in a hurry, he has things to do. No one ever speaks to him, do they? I mean, they're just like, hey, thanks, and it's over. But I just stopped. He literally sort of stopped, and he turned around and he looked at me, and he goes, I'm fine, how are you? And I said, well, I, I look better, but I'm doing good. And I said, can I send you out with a, a glass of iced tea? And he said, no, but I really appreciate that you ask. I mean, that's all it takes. That was a little hospitality. I didn't really even do a thing except show up in my husband's shirt and a pair of tights that made me look lumpy. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's not that hard. I guess that's what the bar is not that high anymore either, I want to say. Um, so be cheerful and be um, glad to do it. We are a sweet aroma to the Lord when we do that. Speaking of sweet aroma. Second one, how about Bridget? Bridget, yes, yes. Good. Very welcome. Last week, uh, let's see, another bold print. Don't kill yourself getting your house ready, okay? I mean, you look like pretty clean people to me. I don't think your house is going to be so dirty that you couldn't have anybody come. I am the queen of clutter. I say that my husband is a filer and I am a piler. And I am a piler. I have clutter everywhere because I am going to fill in the blank. One of these days, I'm going to do something with that. He says I'm the queen of little pieces of paper. Do y'all do that? I'm like, write that down on a little piece of paper, put it up there because I'm going to get to it eventually. Never do. But anyway, uh, don't wait until you get your house perfectly clean. You're going to be clean within reason. You're usually harder on yourself than anyone else is going to be on you. So don't let that inhibit you uh, offering hospitality. The attitude makes everyone feel welcome. Last week, Debbie Crater stopped by my house. It was my birthday, and she knows that I love uh, pineapple. I mean, I don't love pineapple. That's a lie. I love pineapples, but I love coconut. And so she made a fritch coconut pie. And she brought it by for my birthday. I wasn't expecting her. Dick and I were at the house. And, you know, it was kind of, oh, my house. I can't believe it. So she came in with this pie. So who cares about whether your house is clean or not? Because she got pie. And we had a little piece of pie. And we visited for a little bit. And she goes, look, I've got another errand to run. So I'm going to use your restroom before. I had cleaned the restroom that morning. And this way I do it. You don't have to do it that way, right? But I stick the brush between the lid and the bowl and I let it drip so it doesn't drip down the carpet and bleach my carpet out. So there was the toilet bowl, a uh, toilet brush, except that Dick had been in the bathroom since I cleaned. What do you think he did with my toilet brush? What? He put it in my sink. That is disgusting. On any level, that is just not right. So I was walking by, okay, sure, you can go right here. And I look, and there it is in the sink, and I go, oh, no, the, the toilet brush is in the sink. <laughs> she started laughing. Dick says, oh, that's my fault. <sighs> so I said, just a minute. So I threw it down in the trash can, and I got the cleaner and cleaned the sink out real quick and put a fresh towel out, and we all just laughed. Now, she's my friend. <laughs> and 
mean, I'd like for you to be my friend. If I come and there's a toilet bowl in my sink, you're just going to have to laugh with me, okay? Because that's how we roll. People don't care. They don't care. You've just opened your door to them. That's being yourself, and that's the best part. The second thing I'd say in bold print is this. Meals don't have to be a gourmet delight, okay? They don't have to be fancy. In fact, I would say don't even try something you've never done before for the first time when you're having guests because that makes you nervous and you're afraid it's not going to work out. And So just do what you do well and just, you know, be natural about it. I have a friend that is a gourmet cook. She is also very exquisite in the way she presents a meal. And it took me about, I'm not kidding, I mean, I'm pretty open, but it took me about six months to invite her to my house to reciprocate, and that is a thing. If someone invites you, you should invite them to do something later. That's just polite, as we say down in the South. But um, she intimidated me so much by her perfection. She wasn't trying to be perfect. She just has a gift. She just does it. It's so easy for her. She never gets nervous. She Everything rolls and flows, and it's just the way she is. And so finally, I said, look, I owe you so many meals, you can't even believe it. And I'm making chili tonight. Would y'all like to come over? She said, we would love to do that. I said, you, you would? You would like to have chili? Yes, we would. We'd just like to be with you. I said, well, come on. Let's go. And that's what we did. So you don't have to have a big, fancy gourmet meal gourmet meal you don't have to serve it on the finest china that you got when you got married that you really can't find anymore because it's packed up down in the basement and my daughter has a whole set of china and she called me one day and she said mother can I borrow your china I had packed her china up labeled it and put it in those great storage boxes you know and I said why don't you use your own china and you know she, she, she said I forgot I had it I'm like, seriously, you're going to halt? Oh, well. So people don't do that so much anymore, right? So I say do what you do well. That's bold. And do what you do easily. The other thing is to host with variety. And this comes in with strangers, okay? Don't just invite your friends to come over that you see every day that you know don't care if your toilet brush is in the sink. Invite some other people to come. Now, where do you find these people? You may find them in your Bible study. You may find them... um, Uh, parents of friends of your children. You may find them in college students that are here if you have any connection to the university or maybe they're attending your church. I'm not going to assume that everyone here has a a, um, consistent church family, but, you know, there are a lot of opportunities to entertain strangers and new people uh, in just the paths that we cross. Not that it's a stranger, but you can also include someone who maybe is... Um, lonely or alone and really Grant McWilliams probably is never lonely because he has a wife and four children I can't I imagine he'd like to be lonely sometimes <laughs> but uh, Charlene and the kids left and were out of town for a little bit I was cooking like I told you I cook the same no matter what and I just called him and said Grant I know you're gonna be by yourself I've cooked dinner When you get off work, stop by. We're going to eat at this time, if you can make it, because, you know, docks sometimes run late and so on and so forth. But I'll have a plate for you when you get by, when you get finished. Just come on over and eat. And he did, and he appreciated the home-cooked meal in the absence of his lovely bride, which she is a lovely bride. I don't know how she does it with all those kids, but she does. Um, 
The other thing I'd say that kind of take the pressure off of you, bow print, let others help you. It's okay to let other people help you clean the kitchen up, do some chopping, entertain others who are there with you. I mean, I have a friend that I know I can, when she's there and we're entertaining, I can say, look, I, I'm kind of running late on this little dish over here. I mean, go talk to them. They look like, you know, maybe nobody's talking to them. My husband is an introvert. And so once you get past, hey, how you doing, it's, it's kind of gone. The other thing I would say, and he is, he is a giant of a man, although he's very short. But... Um, a human being, let me say. He is my best friend and my favorite person in the whole world. And so I do make jokes about him, but he's not really to be joked about. Let me say that. He's fabulous. I love him so much. The other thing, this is the most important lesson I give you. If you don't ever remember anything else, this is going to do you well in everything you do for the rest of your life, no matter where you are. I teach it to the kids in the etiquette classes. I talk to um, other Bible studies, uh, when I do a presentation, it's so important. Shift your focus. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, just don't feel the pressure of having to give everyone your life story because, frankly, after they get about two minutes of it, they don't care. They just want to talk about themselves. So I want to say let them. Let them do that. You encourage that with them because you know what? When you do, when you talk about them, when you ask questions about them, then they think you're interested in them. And you should be because people are cool. I mean, I love to meet new people. I kind of like weird people too, really. I mean, I'm just like, really? I never thought of that. That's great. <laughs> Couldn't do it myself, but you're great. Um, it's a good way to handle things. Just shift the focus away from yourself. Plan conversation. I'm going to get back to Debbie and Stan Crater, but you know, I talk about things that I've done or that I've heard done. A lot of things I talk about I wish I'd done, but <laughs> I haven't. Plan for the conversation. We invited four couples one uh, New Year's Eve to come to dinner with us, and I realized right before we got ready to go that we knew every couple but they didn't know each other. That's kind of inviting strangers, right, when you're trying to connect people and help them know each other. And then Dick and I, oh, especially Dick, because he's so shy, kind of got nervous about that, that we were going to have to be the ones to, you know, maneuver all of this conversation. Well, Stan being Stan reached into his pocket at dinner, and he pulled out a card, and the card said, who is your favorite historic character and why? And we spent the entire evening on New Year's Eve talking about that, and it was great. So he had planned for the awkwardness of my invitations and made allowance for it, and he plans for my awkwardness a lot. We were out in Colorado visiting them. Their hospitality is great. They're dear friends of ours. And he insisted that I go up to the top of the mountain in my pajamas, and I did. I had sweats on over it, but I said, I'm not ready. And he said, but the snow is ready now. And I bring that up because the time is ready now. Don't wait. Go ahead and do it. Oh, you'll miss, you'll miss the view. You'll miss the whole thing that we're here for. And that's that relationship. There's a new game out. I was just talking um, to, um, now I've just drawn a blank. Leanne, I'm so sorry. I've had dinner with Leanne a thousand times. But... Um, you can tell I'm nervous because I forgot a name, and I apologize for that. Please forgive me. Um, there's a new game out. It's called Vertellus, and they say that's Dutch for tell us more. 
I don't know anything about Dutch. She's going to have to ask her husband because he is Dutch. Um, but it's open-ended questions. How easy is that? So you play two rounds where you ask these questions, questions like, what's one of the most valuable lessons you've learned in your life? To what are you looking most forward? Uh, who are the three people who have influenced you the most? What's one thing that would make it a great year? I mean, these are great conversational questions. So you play kind of two rounds. I don't know if it's one and three or two and four, but anyway, two rounds of that. And then you answer, then you uh, guess how others would answer two more rounds of questions. Okay, so that's so supposed to be what the game is about. I ordered it. I'm not recommending it. I'm recommending, I'm recommending the idea of it because I haven't seen the box yet. I ordered it off of Amazon. It was about $20. Um, it sounds fun. I hope it is. We're going to do it for Thanksgiving. The other thing, bold print, invite the poor. Now, Scripture refers to invite the poor as in literally financially poor. Boy, that's risky and it's scary and it's challenging, but I say do it particularly. What better, safe, what more safe place could you do it than if you were with a large group of people or, or more than just you and your family. You know, you had others who were helping. I, I agree with it. So, who could disagree, right? But there are other ways that poverty shows up. It shows up in people who don't have others. It shows up in being spiritually poor so that they may not know Christ. It shows up in that... Um, um, their family is, is a way. There are many ways. So poor doesn't necessarily be, it can't just be limited to financially poor. Our own tables are a foreshadow of God's marriage supper. It's filled with people like us who are maimed and broken and poor and blind and disenfranchised and certainly undeserving, right? But he calls us, come and eat. Eat at my table. And so that's how we should be. It's about how we treat each other. I want to say just a couple of words about introverts. I told you my husband is one, and it would be just fine with him. Though he has a good time when he gets there, but... You know, if we just stayed in the basement with a fire and watched television for the rest of our lives, he would be very comfortable. I like to think it's because he loves me so much he doesn't want to share me with anyone, but that is not the truth at all. He just isn't one of those out there kind of people. Deb knows this. Deb, he, he was very uh, close to Deb for years and years and years as, his, as her dentist. <laughs> you get close when you're a dentist, don't you? Uh, there's a lady in this church. Her name is Wanda Pipkin. I don't know if Wanda's an introvert or not. I, she seems kind of quiet, but I, I don't see her as an introvert. I see her as a woman who is quiet, but who has answered the call of hospitality in her life in a huge, big way. She entertains international students, and she also connects others to do the same. And I think it's the sweetest expression of what God offers us to just open her life to other people and make them feel welcome. If you're an introvert, you might just want to, instead of like, I've got to go find a stranger today, I have to go find a stranger today, just pick one or two, maybe 
in your circle of influence and concentrate on them for a while instead of feeling like you've got to to have this steady going uh, thing. Set boundaries if you're an introvert. It's like, I can only be exciting for this amount of time. You know, come, come at six and leave at eight. That's how we're gonna do this. So set some boundaries, it'll take the pressure off. Another thing you can do if you're an introvert is ask an extrovert to co-host something with you. They'll take care of all this while you're doing all this and it works great and you've answered the call nonetheless. I'd, I wanna say just a few words about when you are invited, and this gets more over on the etiquette side of things, but I'm wondering if I missed uh, passing out some stuff, but no, I don't guess so. Arrive on time, bold letters, arrive on time, don't overstay, the reason you don't want to arrive early is because if the co-hostess is like I am, I'm just putting the last minute things together at the last minute. And sometimes I'm doing it like five minutes after the last minute. And so to have to stop, you know, and Dick takes the pressure off a lot, but just, just kind of think about it. Just sit out there in your car until it's time. We sat outside Leanne's house for, I don't know, about three minutes. She probably didn't care, but we were just going to sit on the street until it was time because that's what we do. Um, don't overstay. If they say that the event is over at 8 o'clock, you be the first one to set the example to leave at 8. This is a point at a formal dinner that some people don't know, and I'm not saying it to be critical because uh, I'm not in any way legalistic in any way, but I just want to give you just a little tiny bit of etiquette. If it's a formal dinner, you're all sitting around the table together, do not eat a bite of food until the hostess has come to the table and has taken the first bite. That is the proper way to be a guest. She's worked hard and it's time for her not just to enjoy her own meal but to enjoy you too. And so it's just a courtesy that we extend. Um, another thing I would say is that when you're invited to go someplace for an event, take a hostess gift. Hostess This is a little soap, Heather Bush. It's not expensive and it's not meant to be, by the way. This is uh, Megan, uh, Le Megan Le Chief in Mock. I don't know, I can't say your last name. Flaubert. Flaubert, it's beautiful. Isn't that pretty? Huh. That's beautiful. Um, this is Olson. Jessica Olson. Uh, be sure and take a little something. And by the way, don't think your hostess rude if she doesn't thank you for your hostess thank you gift because it's not required. What is required is for you to follow up with a thank you note when you have left. Uh, Dick says I'm writing the note in the car on the way home. <laughs> and sometimes I might be. Katie was at the house while I was writing her thank you note for my birthday present last week. And I do write my daughter thank you notes to show her how important she is to me and how much I appreciate it. Yeah. Is it etiquette to make a family member for Christmas gifts? I do. 
I think you can never go wrong. Now, do you mean your husband? No. <laughs> because, you know, obviously that wouldn't be right. But, you know, when my mother, we, we go to my mother's for Christmas, and I would always just follow up with a note. And I'm going to tell you why. It, she probably wouldn't have expected it. But I would follow up with a note and say, we just had a blast. Thanks for going to so much trouble for us. As usual, the food was great. But you know what she'd do? She'd take that note to Bridge. <laughs> like, look at that. I'm all this. My daughter wrote me a thing, you know. She just, um, you know, it, it, it's never wrong, really. It's not always required. Like in the case of if you take something as a hostess gift, your hostess is not required to thank you for the thank you gift. We don't thank you for the thank you. But what I do do is when someone has left a hostess gift at my house, I just text them. Oh, I was just looking. Because, you know, when you're doing something, you don't really have time to pay a lot of attention to it, right? Because you're hosting. And so the next day, I'll just go... I just really kind of sat down and looked at that coffee mug you left. I'm having coffee in it now, and how sweet. I enjoyed you being in my home. But I don't sit down and write the note and put the stamp on it. Some people who host probably spend days, if not a week, getting ready sometimes. Not always, and it's not required, and don't let that stop you. But because they do it, it's nice to take five minutes and write a note and lick a stamp. Well, we don't lick anymore, do we? We just peel. Peel the stamp and stick it on there and say, I appreciate it. So thank you notes are very important. Is Anna Joy here? No, Anna Joy doesn't get the thank you notes. Let's see. Jean uh, Muckerman? Oh, good. And I love thank you notes. Ashley Probst? Ashley, is she here? Uh, little things, little things. If you're doing an event, for example, that they've asked you to bring something, you might. I got this for five dollars. Seriously, it's nothing. But how sweet! It's a pineapple bowl, Aww. and you can put something in it. Like you were asked to bring something, so you put something in it and leave the bowl, right? This is for Tara. Amos? Amos? Am I saying it correctly? Amos? Good. Nice to meet you. So that's one way you can leave a hostess gift and do what they ask you to at the same time. Same thing. They ask you to bring an appetizer, leave the cheese board or whatever you... Leanne, this is yours. Um, leave leave the, the container. I could put it in a cute container and leave it. But you don't need to spend a lot of money. At all. It's just the heart that, that really matters. Um, let's see. Where did I get to on here? I'm so sorry. Uh, do not wander around the house. Bold print. <laughs> if they have the doors open, that means that room is accessible. If the door is closed, and I say this because I do this all the time. Now, I don't wander, but I... Um, I am a piler, I told you. And so what I'll do when I entertain at my desk, it's usually like, ooh, it's awful. And so I just take a big tub and I just rake it all off into the tub and I toss it in the bedroom and close the door. And if I wanted you to see it, I would have left it on the desk in the first place. So don't wander around. Be a courteous guest. If you see, this is bow print, be a courteous guest. If you see that there is an awkward 
people are awkward, okay? I'm awkward. People are awkward. But if you see a particularly awkward situation going on, rather than the hostess having to stop and deal with it, and, I, you know, I could give some examples, but I'm afraid you might recognize who I'm talking. No, I'm kidding. Um, then you insert yourself into the circumstance and try to remove the awkward guest to something else. And I don't mean get on to them. I'm just saying go up to them and say, hey, I, have I met you before? Or I, the last time I saw you, you were doing this. How did that work out? Or tell me about your kids to just kind of get them out of that political, religious whatever, I don't know, we don't want to do any of that stuff when we're being entertained in someone else's home. Now, if you want to rant and rave to your own guest, I mean, you know, I guess that's all right, but I'm not going to stay long. Anyway, <laughs> if she has gone to the trouble to put place cards out, sit where she asks you to, because she has kind of figured out who she either wants to get to know each other, or sometimes I put somebody I can really depend on right next to me, because I know, like my, my dear friend Barbara, that I can just go, you know what, I forgot to, would you go do that while I pass this? You know, that's, she, she put thought into it. That's what I'm trying to say. Compliment the food always. Bold print, always compliment the food. You don't need to know. I mean, I know you know this. I don't need to say it. But please don't double dip in the chips. Dip. Here's the big deal, no cell phones. No cell phones at the table. Now, mothers really have a great excuse for having a cell phone. And truly, I think it is an excuse. But if you think that you need to have your phone because a babysitter might try to get in touch with you, okay, fine, I'll give you that. But you don't need two phones. You don't need your phone and your husband's phone. You just need one phone. So if your girlfriends are trying to get in touch with you and you're at a dinner party or a party and your husband, who no one ever calls, Take his phone, and then the babysitter can reach you. But your phone, I don't know about your phone, my phone is just like this all the time. You just have to turn it off and get rid of it while you're being entertained in someone else's home. And we're talking about being a good guest, right? Um, following up with the thank you notes, uh, I mentioned that. Okay. Finally, the idea of being uh, exercising your gift of hospitality. I hope I haven't been preachy to you. I feel like I've just gone the whole time, and I apologize for that, but there's so much to say for me always. Um, the important thing, here's the important thing, to understand that we're called to hospitality, it's very important, and whether we're comfortable in doing it or not, whether our home is ready or not, our heart should always be. That's bold print. Whether your house is ready or not, your heart should be. So when you see the opportunity, if you can't do it at your house, do it someplace else. If you don't feel comfortable doing it by yourself, do it with someone else. But by all means, do it. Don't neglect doing it. My sister-in-law, Bobby, uh, Bobby Fay, she's from Arkansas too, she is the queen of hospitality. I mean, just a lovely hostess. She uh, always has been. She really has a gift. Well, the other day, Debbie and I were talking, and we decided we wanted to go to Memphis at the last minutes, where my sister and brother and sister-in-law live, and go to this sale. And so I said, hey, let's go. We'll stay with my brother, invite myself. That's kind of rude, but it's my brother. And um, we'll stay with my brother, and we'll go to the sale. And she goes, I have to be back for mops the next day. Is she back in there with the kids today? Is she? Yeah. 
And uh, I said, no problem for me. We'll get up at 6. We'll get back. Let's just go. Let's just do the thing. So I called my brother and sister-in-law. I said, we're coming. Hey, great. Really? You know it is. They're all, their door is always open. It always is, at least to me. In fact, my brother told me the other day, you still have the key to the place down in Jacksonville, don't you? I'm tired of making new keys. That's how hospitable they are and how absent-minded he knows that I am. So they let us come. Didn't see my sister because she was working this sale, sister-in-law, because she was working the sale. But she had put a roast on that morning before she left and put my brother in charge of it. He happens to know his way around the kitchen, which was nice. We went to the sale. We came back to the house. We had a nice roast beef, potato, carrot, you know, home-cooked dinner and got up the next morning at 6 o'clock. My sister-in-law got up. Now, I really haven't seen much of her, but she got up and she made coffee and she said, I wish y'all could stay another day. I know she didn't mean that, but she said it and it made us feel really good. And she also knew that we had to leave at 6 because Debbie was going to be with my bets. So, I mean, it was a, a term that she could say. She probably would have been thrilled. I'm kidding. But then she had these two little ferns sitting on her island. And she said, here, I just want y'all to know, I'm glad you came. That's hospitality. And she is the queen of it. So just think about how we can share all of our gifts, be hospitable with all of our gifts with others. When God sends someone to your door or across your path, they come for one thing. One thing. He sends them for one thing. What do you know that is? Jesus. It's Jesus. He's worth sharing. He's worth extending yourself for. So offer him through your own special brand of hospitality. And let's etch some of those pineapples in our speech and in our attitude and in our invitation toward others, particularly strangers. Thank you. Do you have any questions for me? Mm -hmm. Here are a few more of these. Rachel Lucas. Charlene. 